Playing what we want, 1019 Jack FM. Good morning, it is Scotch with your Jack FM morning show. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome to the show. I can't take your request right now, but if you'd please leave your message at the beep, I'll be sure to get back to you. So I remember in the day and age of answering machines, I used to be a lot more aware of my outgoing message. In fact, I used to change my outgoing message quite often. I like recording stupid short songs, <laughs> and little gags, you know. There's something very satisfying about it. Now with uh, with your voicemail, I'm not even really aware. It's, it's like that whole set it and forget it. I know I recorded uh, an outgoing message. I don't really know what it is. I never check it, and maybe that's a bad thing. Who knows what the hell I put on there? A woman in South Carolina posted audio after she got rejected for a job interview because her outgoing voicemail was too jokey. You know, you get a little too cute. A guy apparently called to offer her an interview and got her voicemail. This is what her voicemail sounds like. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Naya, and I'm back with another ringing banger. I'm sorry, I can't answer the phone. Please leave your name, number. Yeah, you know all that. Yeah, what happened? Yeah. Oh. That's Zanea Jones's outgoing voicemail. And this is the one left by Harris Teeter, a supermarket chain on the East Coast. Yes, Miss Jones, I recommend if you apply for a job and you expect somebody to call you, that you have a more appropriate uh, response on your uh, voicemail. So uh, thank you for applying, and no need to give us a call back here at Harris Theater. Thank you, man. They did not like Zanea's outgoing message. So is this a legit reason to reject somebody for a job, do you think? Or did the guy overreact? I've read some responses where some people think that he was right. Other people don't think that it was that unprofessional and say that Zanea actually dodged a bullet because obviously the guy is a jerk. And she would be happy in that job situation. I do have to say, <laughs> if you're currently looking for a job and you know you're going to be receiving phone calls, maybe that is the time to change that voice message. When I was recording messages on my answering machine, which is way back in the late 80s, early 90s, right? I was in my early 20s. I was on the hunt for jobs. And I would make sure to have a more professional message on my machine at that time. But otherwise, all rules were off. I get as silly as I could. Uh, see the groundhog? Yeah. I think it'll be an early spring. Didn't we do this yesterday? Yesterday was Groundhog Day, and Puxatani Phil did see his shadow, which means more winter is coming. What is it, five, six weeks more, according to the groundhog? Which is good news for people who love winter, not terrible news for people who don't, because Phil is wrong more than he's right. Weather is different everywhere, but accuracy-wise, impartial analysis put his accuracy at about 39%. But here's what's funny. In a new poll, apparently a lot of people really trust Punxsutawney Phil. 58% of people say they trust Phil to tell the truth, or at least the various groundhogs who've been called Punxsutawney Phil over the years. It's not the same groundhog, I hate to break it to you. 25% of people say that they strongly believe Phil will be correct. They didn't say why, but having a rational basis for opinion is optional these days. But for what it's worth, Phil has seen his shadow and predicted a long winter 106 times in a row. This is dating back to 1887. He's predicted an early spring 20 times, and 10 years of records are actually missing. We don't know what was going on with Punxsutawney Phil during that period. But if you follow the movie, hey, woodchuck chuckers! That's right, woodchuck chuckers, it's Groundhog Day! Get up and You're forever living this day in a Matrix-style loop. Program. Thank you very much. Listen, radio audience. Weird, isn't it? Boy, rich people, huh? Well, that's enough fun for one day. I'm sweating more than a non-legacy applying to Yale. <laughs> <laughs>
something musical laughter of Virgil MasterCard. A historic bridge in the Netherlands is being temporarily dismantled so that Jeff Bezos can drive his massive yacht through it. Are you getting this? A historic bridge. The Koningshaven Bridge in Rotterdam, originally built in 1927, it was decommissioned in 1994 and declared a national monument, underwent a major restoration in 2017, after which the city said it would remain intact going forward. Well, that was before Jeff Bezos decided to build the largest sailing yacht in the world in a nearby city. 417 feet long. <gasps> Holy crap. It's a beast and it is too tall to clear the bridge. It's not finished yet. It's expected to be finished this summer. And when it is ready to sail, Bezos and the company that's building it will share the cost of dismantling the bridge so it can pass through and then reassembling it. Maybe it's sour grapes on my part because I make radio station money and will never be able to afford a yacht, let alone a 417-foot yacht. But doesn't, I mean, does the rich privilege of this just make you sick? It doesn't say how much it'll cost, but the price tag on the boat itself is, is said to be more than 500 million. 500 million. Well, what are you gonna do, right? Is it your birthday today? Wow, look at that. You're sharing a birthday with these celebrities, Tallulah Bell Willis. If that name doesn't sound familiar to you, she is Bruce Willis and Demi Moore's daughter. She is 28 today. Sean Kingston. 32-year-old chubby pop rapper. <laughs> Maitland Ward from Boy Meets World is 45. Isla Fisher, Psycho Gloria from The Wedding Crashers. She turns 46 today. Warwick Davis is 52. I'm the leprechaun. I'm the leprechaun. I'm the leprechaun. Warwick Tierney is 57. Nathan Lane turns 66 today. And uh, Morgan Fairchild, that's the ticket. She's 72. And there you go. Just a few of the celebrities you are sharing your birthday with Today, February 3rd, Master Indian History. A look back at a few of the things that happened on this day, February 3rd, like 1963. <laughs> Whoops. 1863, 159 years ago, a young journalist named Samuel Clemens published a report in the Virginia City Enterprise using his new pen name. Can you guess? Can you guess? Mark Twain. That's very good came from his days working on the Mississippi River boats. It means two fathoms deep. Mark Twain, the minimum depth considered safe for a riverboat to travel over. 146 years ago, Albert Spaulding and his brother took their combined savings of $800 and started a sporting goods company. They, of course, called it Dick's because they weren't very well liked. I'm just kidding. You dick! Spaulding, obviously. It was called Spaulding. You know they uh, manufactured the first official baseball, tennis ball, basketball, golf ball, and football? The NFL uses Wilson balls, by the way, because they're easier to deflate. Did you write the book of 63 love? years ago. Ah. The day the music died. 1959. Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper died in a plane crash in Mason City, Iowa. Nancy Culp. The very sexy Jane Hathaway and the Beverly Hillbillies died of cancer at the age of 69. 69, dudes! Inappropriate. This was uh, 31 years ago in 1991. The trial began in Los Angeles 30 years ago in 1992. The infamous Rodney King trial. You might remember the acquittal is what set off the L.A. riots. That was ugly. Marge Schott suspended a Cincinnati Reds owner for one year for repeatedly using racial and ethnic slurs on this date in 1993. Audrey Meadows, who played Alice Crandon in The Honeymooners, uh, died on this date, 1996. Died of lung cancer at the age of 69. 69, dudes! 
Again, inappropriate. And Phil Spector arrested for the murder of B-movie star Lana Clarkson 19 years ago. On this date in 2003, he claimed she committed suicide, or as he so tactfully put it, she, quote, kissed the gun. Spector was convicted in his second trial and sentenced to 19 years to life. He was behind bars until he died of COVID in January of 2021. And there you go. Just a few things that happened on this date. The last day in history. This is going to give you the energy to go on. There it is. The 2022 Beijing Winter Olympics kickoff tomorrow. Got a little Olympic fanfare and theme written for the 1984 Olympic Games uh, Boston Pops Orchestra. This is John Williams. I got this off the John Williams Greatest Hits from 69 to 99 CD. Are you going to watch the Olympics? It kicks off early. Live coverage of the opening ceremony airs at 6.30 a.m. Eastern on NBC, which is 3.30 a.m. Pacific. I don't see me getting out of bed. Olympic fans will be ready in front of their TVs and probably wearing their robes at that time. But for normal people, NBC is going to re-air the ceremony in prime time at 8 p.m. on Friday evening. Did you know that the estimated budget for the games is $3.9 billion? That is so much money. I don't even get why we do it. Right? It's way less than the record-setting 2014 Winter Olympic Games in Sochi, which cost an estimated $50 billion. But the ad revenue projection is $600 million, so I'm no accountant, but it looks like they're operating in the red, aren't they? But what do they care? A billion here, a billion there. I guess the Olympics is probably the closest thing to world peace that we have, but I'm not really a sports guy, so tough for me to see the appeal. <laughs> We've been doing it for so long, I suppose they just got to keep doing it. There's 223 athletes on the U.S. team, which is a, a Winter Olympics record. Whoop-de-freaking-do. Like the song, though. Good song. Some companies already getting a head start and releasing their full their full commercials or teasers for this year's Super Bowl. Here's the latest. Uh, Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen. Nervous? Oh, Blaze. Brings back so many good memories. Remember our road trip in 97? Doing a commercial for Lay's. They're looking back. Uh, the commercial ends with Seth marrying the ghost from his house. Spoiler alert. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger is doing a commercial for BMW. I got a macchiato for a Zeus. 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 Whoa. Schwarzenegger is Zeus. And they released three teasers to show that they deliver more than just food. One has uh, Gwyneth Paltrow for Uber Eats taking a bite out of her infamous uh, vagina candle. This candle tastes funny. Not bad, but funny. <laughs> Gross. Disgusting. Stupid! You're so stupid! A 51-year-old man in Las Vegas named Daniel Assef has been accused of intentionally driving the wrong way on the road last Friday. Bad idea. He caused a crash. He's been charged with attempted murder, DUI, and battery with a deadly weapon. And apparently he had heroin and meth in his system at the time. Now you say, Scotch, why are you telling the story? Uh, could we cut to the chase? It would appear to lack the light nature that we usually have in these stupid criminal stories. Well, at a court hearing on Tuesday, SF told the judge that the ghost of Dale Earnhardt Sr. told him to drive the wrong way. And why would the ghost of Dale Earnhardt tell him this? To get the mayor's attention so that she would bring NASCAR back to Las Vegas. You see? This guy's crazy even without the drugs. It's like uh, making an overly indulgent dinner and then feeling guilty and blaming it on the ghost of Julia Child. 
Well, it didn't work. Prosecutors asked for a $200,000 bail for Assef, but the judge raised the bail to $500,000 and ordered him not to drive and also called him a danger to the community. And now you know the rest of the story. What would Dale Earnhardt Sr. say about that? And there you go. There's your stupid criminals in the news. I've got a big old stack of random facts. Random facts you didn't even know you needed to hear. And I came here this morning to chew bubblegum and read some random facts. And you know what? I'm all out of bubblegum. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Here we go. Random facts that you can share with your coworkers and sound like you're really smart, like you came up with them on your own. No one knows exactly how the Academy Awards started being called the Oscars. Isn't that strange? I always assumed that the little statue was named after somebody, but the Oscar just became the Oscar. Nobody knows why. There's only one country in the Americas where more people speak a native language other than the language of a country that colonized them. It's Paraguay, where 90% of people speak Guarini and 87% speak Spanish. ¿Qué diablos? Realmente estoy hablando español. That is random. It takes 60 tons of paint to cover the Eiffel Tower, which is the weight of about 10 elephants. <laughs> They should paint it elephant color. There is a scale of close encounters. A close encounter for the first kind is seeing a UFO. A close encounter of the third kind is seeing an alien. The fourth kind is being abducted by aliens. And the seventh kind is getting busy with an alien. Oh, yeah. Our final random fact, the ratio of cookie to cream in an original Oreo is 71% cookie, 29% cream. For some of you, that's not enough cream. You got to do the double stuff, don't you? It's all right. I'm not judging. Nothing wrong with that. And there you go. Some random facts you didn't even know you needed to hear on a Thursday. 1019 Jack FM.